We're talking about Barbarian today on Gene and Roger Talk Movies, and our friend Bella is back with us to talk about it as well. Hello, Bella. Hello. Um, yes, we love when we have guests. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes. And, and I'm super excited that Bella is here today because we're talking about Barbarian. And uh, Gene, give me some initial thoughts on Barbarian. Yeah, yeah, Barbarian. Well, I was excited to, to watch this movie because because bella right here our, our guest you know it's just talking to bella and she she likes this movie yeah right mm -hmm. right you like this oh movie. yeah <laughs> and then um I, I looked up you know rotten tomato score and it's high rotten tomato score yeah really high slope i'm like okay this is going to be a really scary modern scary movie yeah it's going to be great yeah, you turn it on and, and things are good for a while. It's good because building tension as, as a scary movie should. But then, yeah, it starts to lose it. And then about half of the way through, yeah, I'm just like, what is going on? And then maybe three-fifths of the way through, it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm kind of done. I'll finish watching this thing. But, yeah, I'm not too happy here. <laughs> I'm not too pleased. So is this... I just really believe, look, when producers make a movie, they create a universe, you know, and they, it's this, and as an audience, we, we suspend our belief, our dis, we suspend our disbelief, and we accept that universe that the producers and directors have created. You know, that's the, the beauty of, of, of going to movies. You know, we can be in outer space, we can be in, in a submarine, we can, you know, be in these crazy lands, we can be on another planet in the future and the past things on, that are impossible for us in our normal lives you know and we accept that as part of the the movie but there is one constant that is in all movies and that's people people are in all movies and people are pretty much constant you know the human character is pretty much unchanged throughout history you know people are you know they love their kids you know the guys want to be protective and women nurturing and you know, people behave in certain ways, and when, when certain people start to act not people-like, uh, I start to lose this, and, and I started to lose it when people just start acting unpeople-like. You know, I just love, <laughs> you know, I'm just going to go back to this, this reference. Carmen Electra in the movie, scary movie. It's the greatest scene, but she's running for her life. Some guy's chasing her with a big knife, and there's a sign that says, death, certain death, this way. There's another sign that says, safety, this way. And which way does she go? <laughs> <laughs> she runs towards the side that says, the sign. There's a sign that says certain death, and she runs that way. Mm -hmm. So that Well, it is Carmen Electra, so of course you expect Yes, that. yes, <laughs> and it is the movie Scary Movie, yes. <laughs> But yeah, I, there are many parts in this movie that reminded me of that, and that's mm -hmm. just like, I'm just done. Well, and for those of you that haven't seen it, the basic premise is uh, Christina Campbell plays Tess, Tess, and she is coming into Detroit for a job interview, right. and she gets this bed and breakfast, or she rents this bed and breakfast in what turns out to be one of the decayed neighborhoods of Detroit. Um, and lo and behold, it appears to be a double booked situation. Right, and right. Uh, she booked the place on Airbnb, and there's our guy already there named Keith, yep. and he booked it on Home Alone. And that's Bill Skarsgård, who, of course, we all know from It as Pennywise. But he's in that uh, bed and breakfast, and so there is some tension there uh, because it's raining, of course. There's a course. convention in town in Detroit, and uh, Tess is like, well, I, there's no other place to go, and which is a little iffy to me. Well, and, and I Detroit's think, a big city. Come well, on. I was in Detroit, and uh, during the uh, Detroit playoffs, Red Wings, and there wasn't a hotel room available around there, so it was. I mean, there, there's I, it was these believable. things. There are these things called suburbs, Roger. <laughs> well, but it's Pontiac, Michigan. It's you know that, that one place? Come on, it's there's amazing. There's got to be a, a Super Eight somewhere. It's amazing how decayed Detroit is. I loved yes. having been in Detroit. Um, I loved how they showed just yeah, these neighborhoods are just decayed and rotted, and nobody's there. And so I really liked that because I knew that that was real. Right. Um, but anyway, back to the point is uh, 
ultimately they end up, yeah, we're just going to crash here. You can come in, and, and that's a real tense little scene there, where is this guy, is he okay or whatever? They kind of build a little bit of friendly relationship there where, okay, maybe this guy isn't so bad. But then you basically discover as the movie progresses that there is something very horrible going on deep in the bowels of this house. Yes. And so that's your basic premise. Uh, Bella, what were you thinking um, with those initial scenes where the test character is is trying to determine whether she should stay with this guy in the B&B? Oh my gosh, I definitely thought that she shouldn't. <laughs> he was acting super sketchy. There was a lot of red flags. You know, how did he know that there was a convention in town? I thought that was a lie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, yeah, it seemed pretty I was sketchy, like, right. why don't you just drive your car somewhere else? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I that to me is one of the nice points about this film because it does kind of abate and switch because you automatically assume that, oh, the title's Barbarian, this Bill Skarsgård guy is going to be some super dangerous person, and then it actually turns out, well, no, he's a he's a good guy. He's a good you guy. Know? And I did like a scene of dialogue there, which is, you kind of cut in, the scene fades into the dialogue already in process, but you're learning some backstory about the test character, where it sounds like she's in kind of a maybe psychologically abusive relationship. Did you catch that part? He they're sitting not. yeah they're sitting on the couch and um the scene cuts in and she is talking about cuz there's a scene at the beginning where she's getting calls from this person and she oh. keeps hanging up on him mm-hmm. right and then here's this line of dialogue where she's kind of sharing her relationship with um uh, Keith. Keith and saying you know yeah I, I keep going back and I don't know if I should and, and that's where she, where they talk about you know how you need to move on and and you need to be strong and she's like well i am strong and all that kind of stuff so i you you missed that though i did <laughs> I'm sorry. okay wow. Tess definitely is a skittish character mm-hmm. yeah so she definitely comes across that way yeah right yes yeah? Yeah? definitely yeah <coughs> right I, and, I got that and i as the movie progresses to me the I, I certainly recommend this movie for horror film fans. Gene is, is not, no, not recommending no, this one. No, no, just skip this one. But oh, Rotten Tomatoes, is, we're going to talk about that. <laughs> I'm mad. But my, I do have two primary concerns with this film. One is there is a jarring and unexpected tonal shift um, at about the one-third mark. Yep. Basically, as the movie progresses, um, Tess realizes... Uh, she's looking for some toilet paper. She's looking all over the house for it. She opens this this creepy door, and it's this stairwell down to the basement. She walks. She sees the toilet paper. She walks down to the basement. There's stuff around in the basement. She sees this rope protruding out of the wall. She pulls it, and it reveals this hidden door. This hidden door opens, and there's this dark area back there. And, of course, you know, she ends up... Well, actually, the first thing she does is 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 like, nope, not going in there. Yeah, that's that's what that that's normal yeah. behavior, <laughs> and that's that's actually and it, a, that would be normal behavior for her mm-hmm. because she's kind of skittish a little bit, and this has been a strange Detroit. It's a wreck neighborhood, and the house is nice, but you know it's Detroit, and you're in a strange neighborhood. This is not where you live. Mm-hmm. She is behaving the way she should behave by not going in there. Right, and then she constructs this elaborate. Uh, mirror system so the lights from the basement shine on the mirror reflect into the open area and the, the reason the dark, she's very right, dark hallway and the reason she's doing this is this very flimsy door at the top of the stairs has closed on her and somehow it doesn't allow you to just open the door and get back out so she's kind of trapped down there and this happens more than once in this film where she's trapped in that basement but anyway she walks back into this room and discovers this very creepy little room back there. Um, it's actually got electricity running to it so she can turn the lights on. Very bright light. There's a uh, nasty old mattress on a wireframe bed there. There's a bucket, which I can only guess what that was used for. And then there's an old school VHS camera set up right in there. Bella, what did you think when that was happening? <laughs> uh, definitely worst case scenario. Uh, it was 
horrible to look at. And then the bloody handprint on the wall. Oh, right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So yep. you automatically knew oh, no- yeah. nothing Something. positive was happening. Mm, in definitely nothing. not. And did your mind go to that maybe the Keith character, Bill Skarsgård character, was kind of behind that? Or did you think? No. no you I didn't, didn't think so. Y- yes. Yeah. Okay. Good. I didn't think so either. And so, yeah, because they had set him up as kind of a nice guy by that point. Right. Right. But yeah. They had him. Um, it seems Tess and Keith have commonalities, like Tess is in town to interview for a, a, to help out a documentary film. And mm-hmm. then it turns out that Keith is works for the same kind of like um, humanitarian organization that Tess is, the film is going to be about. So, so they, got, they have a connection. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that connection propels them to like the, a friendship because the, they, Tess arrives and they, they spend that first night, you know, Keith is on the couch and yeah, they're an easy relationship. But once they find out they have that connection, they become much closer. Right. Yeah. And you just seem that, that all indications are that Keith is just a regular guy. Right. And so then Tess, uh, eventually makes her way back up the stairs, uh, she has to. Keith is outside. She's pounding on one of the basement windows, and she throws him the keys eventually, and he lets her out of this this basement. But she is basically immediately saying, uh, "We're not yeah. safe." Well, here. Keith, uh, I'm called Keith, but <laughs> Roger. <laughs> um, I just have to say this one point, and this is <laughs> kind of the the big point where I, me, I started to lose it because she's a naturally skittish kind of person. The door that closed that locked her in the basement did not impress me as a particularly right. solid door. <laughs> I mean, some doors are really solid, right? Like you go to elementary school and these doors are, you know, solid doors. They latch solidly. But some homes, you know, you go into them and the doors are hollow, mm-hmm. you know, and they just have, you know, little locks on them. And that's that kind of door. And so I think a determined woman and she, Tess is not a, like a little woman she's right. you know average size it's probably five four you know 130 she's got some strength in her if she had put all of her energy she could have knocked that door down well without and, question yeah and, and I think that's what she would have done you know and, and her not doing that kind yeah. of like what what are you doing yeah <laughs> I and the you know, to back up your point, the very first time she kind of kicks at that door, you can clearly see that it wants to break It down. wants to break. Yeah, it clearly <laughs> is flexing. Yeah. Just keep doing that test, and you're through that. Thing. Right. But I also, yeah. Just you know, pay the damage fee. Get out of that house. I'm the guy that spends his entire life watching nothing but horror movies. And so certain things I just give a pass to. And it's like, okay, the director has decided that you can't get out this door. I'm going to just let it slide. Um, Gene, of course, is is much more grounded in reality. See, it's, it's just it's it's, it's producer director choices. Mm-hmm. Why not have it be much more believable and much more creepy if that is the door closes? Like there's some kind of retraction mechanism. The door closes, but yeah, it is one of those doors that mm-hmm. is no. You can kick all you want. That thing's not going to open. Like maybe there's like one lock at the bottom. And oh, lo and behold, there's another lock that locks automatically. And then it lets you into a more sinister world. Like who would put that kind of lock on a basement door in case they're maybe trying to keep people in? Well, and there's going to be a number of different times uh, during this podcast where both Gene and I talk about how this movie could have been done better. Um, but I, again, I am going to give it a pass on its little door thing because it's it's the only way we can propel yeah. the continuation of the horror. Yeah, well, what did you think about? I don't know we're talking about a door, but <laughs> what did you think about that? I thought it was like a big deal. I didn't think it was a big deal. I did no. think it was annoying. Like she could have, if she really wanted to, like she mm-hmm. broke that window open, she could have probably kicked down the flimsy door. Mm-hmm. But what are you going to do? Okay, <laughs> gotta okay. have the horror, mm-hmm. you know. Okay. And okay. so, uh, but anyway, she comes up to the stairs eventually, and she's uh, talking to uh, Keith, and he's, he, she's like, hey, w- we're not safe here. We got to get out of here right now. And uh, Keith, being the guy, is like, well, no, I'm going to go check it out, see what the deal is. Right. Right. <laughs> and so then he goes down there, and Tess is, like, calling after him, Keith. and Yeah, he goes into the dark hallway, mm-hmm. you know. Ahead of her, right. 
And uh, well, she's up at the. She's not down in the basement at all. He walks down there, right? And then she hears him for a second, and then she calls for him, and no response, no response, no response. She kind of walks down into the basement, um, and then there's no Keith. But then she discovers that oh, there's another false panel here on the wall, which leads to the descending into darkness, creepy staircase and then she begins to hear him basically saying help me right right and bella where were you at when that started to happen when she's walking down those stairs i thought when keith was saying help me i thought it was a trap obviously to get her down there (laughs) or when he disappeared and i thought he was behind the door of the first room because we didn't know that there was a second room um until she finds it so i'm like oh my gosh he's behind the door (laughs) i start to doubt keith very much so keith's been lying yeah yes okay Mm -hmm. all right yeah and I, i think that's one of the better scenes of horror when she is descending that stairwell um the way it's filmed is great she's got her little iphone light yeah um or whatever phone she's using i don't want to brand name anything but her light on her phone yeah it could be right um and and you just see then how far into the darkness this this weird the stairwell probably goes down at least 20 feet you know it's a long stairway there's just this maze of hollowed out areas and and uh, she comes across this room and all sorts of other things but the main point is she does in a a jump scare but a i'm going to give it a pass jump scare where keith suddenly appears crawling towards her very quickly and is scared and is definitely frightened and something has happened down there, and he's basically saying, we got to get out of here. Something bit me. Um, right, something bit me. Yeah, and sh- so Tess is, like, trying to go the way she came, and Keith is like, no, we can't go that way. We've got to go deeper into this thing. That's the wrong way to go. Um, and then we see our first glimpse of what the problem is down there. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was still tricking her when he said that something bit me. And then oh. we see the barbarian, and his face gets smashed, and it's just like, oh, my gosh. So definitely, no, he's not the bad guy. Right, yeah. yeah. And it's, so yeah. it is uh, It is a, I'm going to use the term deformed creature. It is a female. It's Yeah, in my notes, I call it super creature. Super creature, yeah. yeah Incredibly or, strong. Or mother. Mother, yeah. It's a motherly figure, as you'll find out as the film goes along. But, uh, of course, then Tess begins to run. um, Or, no, not begin to, well, attempts to run. There's a nice close-up of the creature screaming, towering over her. And then here's my main problem with this film. Right there at that point, we get a massive tonal shift. So the film essentially stops right there, and now we are in Southern California, I'm guessing. It's nice and bright out. It's some wacky little song is playing, and then we are introduced to the Justin Long character driving. AJ. AJ driving his Porsche or whatever he's Convertible driving. Convertible Fiat <laughs> down a Pacific Coast Highway. It's a beautiful day. No, not a care in the world. It's just like, What? What just happened? Right. What has just happened? And then as this Justin Long story plays out, he's apparently some sort of producer and he's got a pilot that's trying to get picked up and he gets this phone call and it's his agent or some studio bigwigs or whatever. And he has now been accused of uh, raping, I guess, the lead actress for the show. And so he's off the show and the lead actress is going to, it's going to be out in variety now that he's this bad guy, you know, this, yeah. this whole story. and It's a lawsuit. Yeah, yeah and all this. Huge. <clears throat> and so my problem, and, and the Justin Long character is all about this, this, this storyline right here. Um, he owns the house that Tess and Keith were staying in. Right. Because of his legal upcoming, soon to be a huge legal battle, um, he's got to liquidate to get f- funds. And so he ultimately ends up in 
that in Detroit in that house. But yeah, he leaves Los Angeles, flies mm-hmm. to Detroit, and trying to maybe get the house ready for sale. Right, and um, my main problem with the Justin Long character, and I, I don't like to be directly preached to in a film, um, unless it's a documentary where you're expecting that, but something like this, this character is automatically someone you don't like um, because of what he's accused of and then as his behavior continues throughout the rest of the film you don't like him when you don't like a character it's hard to have horror occur to them because you really want as an audience <laughs> you want the horror yeah, Justin to occur is, to them or yeah AJ is why did I say Justin well it's Justin Long Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. Thank you. Thank you. you. But um, AJ, character, same character. But um, yeah, no, no. At first, he's driving down the highway. First, the the Rogers phrase, a tonal shift. It's like, what? It kind of shocks you. I don't know. What do you think about that? It's like you're in the high tension. Mm -hmm. You know, Tess is being captured by this super creature. And all of a sudden, we're driving down PCH. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a good time to take a breath. <laughs> oh, Just yeah. relax. Like, it oh, was a okay. good oh. break between holding my breath and wondering what's going to happen. It's like, oh, oh sunny well, day, uh, nice music. Well, I appreciate you saying That's that. That's a great I perspective. Mean, I like that. Yeah, I like that. never yeah. watch The Witch. I have. Okay. There's no breaks in that one. No, there's not. <laughs> <laughs> it just builds all the way to the end. Mm-hmm. And so that's interesting coming from, from your perspective because for me as a horror film, you never want to have a jarring, dramatic tonal shift like that. Um, but for you, yeah. it was welcome. Oh, yeah, definitely, know? yeah. Let's alleviate like a, a, a breath tension. of fresh air. Okay, so maybe that's the, the line the producers were going down mm-hmm. is let's give the audience like a, a breather perhaps, you know? Yeah, and then we'll rebuild the tension by adding AJ into the mix. Right, but I think the AJ character is the worst character in the film because of the way he's written. Like I said just a minute ago, you don't care what ha- you want right. horror to be bestowed upon this character. Right. And they could have easily done it as maybe he's an independent filmmaker and he's going to sell this property to raise funds for this new movie he wants to make or something like that. So you could make him not it was unlikable be an easy choice to right? make AJ, maybe, yeah, he is, maybe is making a, a film similar to um, Tess and Keith. Or, you know, um, the whole movie industry is, is kind of insular. A lot of people know each other. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a connection between AJ, Tess, and Keith. You know, and that would be a, an easy choice to do. It would be much more believable. And, it, and in a way, it turns out, yeah, it's just, you have to, like last week, we reviewed our last movie in J-Horror, you know the the movie called the audition and that movie's great i really recommend that for any horror <laughs> fan but in that movie that, and the, the reason why that movie is great is because you like all the characters and mm-hmm. so when bad things start to happen to these characters that like it, it affects you you know on your personal level because you've bought into the movie you've you've accepted that suspension of disbelief you're in that producer's universe mm-hmm. you know you like those characters yeah, but so AJ comes along and almost immediately, I mean, yeah, you like him at first, you know, he's a cool guy driving a cool car down PCH. Yeah, I've done that before. It's fun. Yeah. So, but then he's accused of this crime and then he starts hanging out with his friends in a bar and it becomes p- apparent that, yeah, he probably did do this. Yeah, he's thing. a scumbag. No question. Yeah, he's a totally scumbag. And yeah, we keep hanging out with this scumbag guy and I'm starting to lose it. I was like, why am I watching this movie with this scumbag character, AJ? And yeah, and then the movie connects because AJ owns that house, and that right. kind of brings it back. But, but you, you could have got AJ to the house without making him such a scumbag, right? Easily, know? easily, and the, if that whole thing with the with the that that he raped the lead actress, and it's it's a, just to me, it's like unnecessary distraction, right? And that's why I'm saying it's the director kind of preaching at you. Here's this thing that happens in Hollywood. You got to pay attention to it. Uh, we we get a scene later where, of course, uh, people in authority don't believe the girl um, when she's trying to talk to the police. And so there's just this over over preachiness to this thing here, right, that starts kind of right there with the Justin Long character that I didn't appreciate because I saw other ways you could still 
have the horror without having that preachiness. And the biggest flaw of the Justin Long character is you want him to die. You want him to <laughs> suffer. And it reminded me a lot of like slasher movies where you've always got the, the dumb jock character that's just a huge jerk and there's no horror when he dies. There's applause from the audience when, when those types of characters die. And so, right. Be- Bella, where were you at with this Justin Long character? Um, I definitely thought he was a jerk. <laughs> I When he got into the house and he saw all Tess's and, what's his name, Kevin's? Keith. Keith. His stuff around um, the house, and he kind of just, like, throws it around. He's like, oh, what? there's a bag in the bathroom. Mm. Um, but Yeah, I, he throws it around. He, he tries to log into the to um, Tessa's computer and he when he can't do it he gets her computer like a nice i apple computer and just throws it mm-hmm. what well and he has the whole scene where he's talking to the the building managers or whatever and right. he's treating that person on the phone like a you know just poorly and all this stuff and yeah but mm-hmm. i did think that they were trying to connect the dad in the basement and Justin Long, you know, how they both commit these terrible crimes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when Keith sees him and he's like, you're a monster, you're a monster, but he doesn't think he did anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, Right, and I agree. In the context of the film, that's exactly what the director was going for, for sure. Um, here's, here's an individual in this basement that has been uh, a free man for 40 years committing these heinous crimes that people know are happening um, and no one ever tried to stop it. And now we're in 2022 where, oh, you, you create, you cause some sort of harm to someone, everyone's gonna know, you're gonna pay the penalty now. The days of this male dominated, get away with whatever you want as long as you're in a position of power is over. Um, so you're right, they were definitely trying to connect that but it was unnecessary to do that um, in the aspect or under the idea of horror. Um, when you hate the character, again, it doesn't matter what happens to you, mm-hmm. you know. But we've kind of jumped ahead a little bit because lo and behold, it does turn out there's another character in that basement rather other than the crazy super creature woman. Right. Yeah. What? What do we call her? <laughs> <laughs> She's definitely female. Mm-hmm. But um, again, another thing that kind of like blows it for me is that this creature somehow is imbued with superpowers. Yeah. It's incredibly strong. So it just makes it made me, it made me think of other movies. Roger, help me out. I know you're going to know the name of this movie, but <laughs> <laughs> a, a 70s movie, I think. And they, the, cave explorers find this cave creature and this cave creature is super strong and this cave creature comes out and th- that's and it comes out into the modern world and it just wrecks havoc kind wow of, i've seen a whole bunch of movies like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like that so it made me think of, of that maybe this creature's been down there like for a really long time and then this like serial killer I think you mentioned the, the dad. You, mm-hmm. You're referring to that character, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, maybe that character somehow found a way to, to, to dominate that character. But then I don't know. There's really no evidence for that. So no, there is. Um, the evidence for that is, and for those of you that haven't seen the film, sorry, we're ruining it all for you, and we're going to. Oh yeah, it you some know, you know, Gene <laughs> Rogers, the movie. We talk about a movie right. in detail. Yeah, so see the movie first. But at that one point where Justin Long finally does uh, run into that mother creature um and after he escapes he's running down that hall that creature is after him but he gets to that door where the dad character is in and that creature backs away so that creature is afraid of that dad character and the the idea being that this creature is and we learn this later on in dialogue um, but this creature is a result of tremendous inbreeding yeah, decades uh, again, worth I lose of inbreeding, it. right? Doesn't make any sense to me. Sure, you have inbreeding, but inbreeding generally creates inferior mm-hmm. products. So how are you going to end up with this super creature? <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sigh. Mm-hmm. It's just, no, how can that happen? You know, it's like, I'm a dad, I have kids, and you know, you have, because there's the, 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 the crazy neighbor, right? Mm-hmm. You know, 
so we haven't really talked about that guy. He's probably my favorite character in the whole movie. This like this homeless um, African American guy who chases Tess at the beginning of the movie. We think that this guy's like a criminal, and then mm-hmm. Tess gets into the house to try to escape him. But it turns out that that this homeless black guy who lives in this water tower down mm-hmm. the street, he's actually trying to save Tess, and he he knows all about this happenings in this house because mm-hmm. he's been part of this neighborhood for like for many decades, and so. I really like that guy. He's kind of kind of a flamboyant character, and he turns out to be a cool guy, you know, because he was act- actually trying to help. Well, but I, he he, I, he lets us know that there's been mm-hmm. they started having the babies and the babies of the babies down there. But how how would you do that? How do you, you no no <laughs> no babies grow up? They get kids. They run around. They explore. And if trying to keep a little kid in such a confined, dark environment, they're not going to thrive. They're not going to get strong. No. no. Right. I, I do want to back up Gene's point, though, about the uh, – do we even learn that guy's name, the African-American homeless guy? I don't think so. But um, when Tess first arrives at this B&B right at the beginning, it is pouring rain and, and visibility is very poor. So it's not until the next day that she – uh, realizes how completely decayed every other house is around this really nice house that they're staying in at the yeah, B&B. Yeah, it's a nice Airbnb. And yeah. then she goes to this job interview, and she says uh, the interview lady is saying, oh, where are you staying? And she says, oh, I'm at Brightmore, I think it is. And they're like, whoa, you shouldn't be anywhere near that community at all. Everything's falling right. apart and all this. And so then it sets up that introduction to that homeless guy running at her where, yeah, what's happening here what it, it's very scary all of a sudden she's got to do the fighting with the keys to get right, in the to get house in, and all to, that. to get in the house before this crazed yeah and so neighbor it's, it's, gets a, you. it's a good horror scene there and kind of uh sets up his appearance later is actually what gene was saying if no i'm i'm on your side i don't want yeah, you, you know yeah. the reason i'm saying get out of that house is you shouldn't be in there because i know what's going on in there yeah. <laughs> I do wish that he said something else while he was running at her <laughs> to make her try to stop and right. listen instead of just, oh, I got to get the keys and get inside before he attacks me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's, you know, what would you really do, though? Because the only nice house on that entire block is the one she is staying in. Every other one, there's even burned houses in this neighborhood. Yeah, they're all just wrecked. And just trashed, and there's graffiti all over them, and, you know. Yeah, I'll, I do have to say uh, maybe a little aside, but it's it's interesting um, uh, element about Detroit. If you maybe I challenge our listeners to go to Google and just at random, just go down to any street in Detroit, and you know the Google they they take modern pictures, of totally up to date of you know virtually all residences and all addresses in America, and so what you can see is that when you go down into Detroit. It's that you'll see like a, there's a, a decent house, a decent house, and where there, where there was a house, it's it's empty. Mm-hmm. So it's like there was a house there, but it's now it's just gone. So you see that a lot of pattern in Detroit. There'd be a house, house, empty, house, empty lot, empty lot, house. So they've tried to, and again, I, I haven't done surveys of like what is the cause of all this? Why is Detroit like this? You know, I don't know, but it seems like they're trying to eliminate these old and decaying properties. But you'll see, like, it's really weird. In most neighborhoods in America, you'll see house, 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 house. In, in you know, in, in, in cities or house, house, house. Like in Denver, where I grew up, in L.A., certainly, you know, we're in Anchorage now. And that's what you see. You don't see house, house, empty lot, house, house, empty lot, empty lot. But, yeah, when you look at Detroit... That's what you see in Detroit. It's really weird. So yeah. it's 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 a legit thing. Well, and I was there, like I say, many decades ago, and there was whole neighborhoods that were just yeah. abandoned, yeah, okay. burnt to the ground, all sorts of craziness there, and big, huge skyscrapers that hadn't been um, occupied for three decades by the time I was there. But yeah, I think that maybe this movie touches a little bit on the clash of cultures mm-hmm. that other movies bring up. You know, like the downtown where she had the job interview is ultra modern right. mm-hmm. and beautiful and the the nicest things you could ever see in your life but then you go out into the this the where the people live yeah and there's just massive decay and certainly maybe that the household em- embodies that is that the, the house up, up on top is super nice but then there are elements as you go down there 
incredibly decayed mm -hmm. you know so yeah absolutely yeah. you're you're right on with that assessment that's exactly i think what the director was trying to do there uh, we did jump ahead a little bit let's jump back a tiny bit because there are some scenes of uh gross out horror that happen just oh, yeah. just yeah. along eventually so skips those, yeah. eventually goes down and uh he's trying to sell the house and get the house ready for sale and this is somewhat of a humorous sequence where he does discover this corridor and this other room because he's then measuring it out so he can hopefully add the additional square footage onto the sale price. I gotta sigh again. <laughs> it's just, even though AJ is a complete jerk, mm -hmm. I mean, he finds that torture room, right? What else could it be? Right. And what does he do? He pulls out a tape measure and he starts <laughs> measuring it. And then he goes online and sees if he could add the square footage of that room he just discovered onto his house value. Mm -hmm. It's like n nobody acts like that. People don't act like that. Right. No. Well, I mean, and then especially he continues to do it once he right. finds the creepy stairwell to nowhere I or mean, to the other cat Right, corridors. the creepy stairway leading to, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so he pulls up the tape measure and starts to measure that. Measure it there. But uh, anyway, he does uh, fall into this pit eventually. Um, and there's this this iron gate that kind of closes him down in there, and then well, doesn't the the creature mm -hmm. chase him? He's, right, he's, he's down there, and of course the creature's down there, mm -hmm. and so he encounters the creature, and then he, the creature chases him, and then he reaches and he f does it, he falls in there, doesn't yeah, he? Right? He, he falls, falls in into there. the pit, so he falls into a pit. They've dug that little think, pit to trap people. That think come down Silence there. of the Lambs, I thought, <laughs> right. or Silence of yeah. the Lambs, you know. Yeah. Pit. Uh, but then we're now reintroduced to the test character. And, and and when, well, backtrack tiny bit, but AJ falls in the pit, Tess is already in the pit, mm -hmm. and then the iron gate falls on top of them. They were locked in there. Right. Boom. Right. And we're not clear of the length of time that has passed from when we last saw Tess to now, but she has discovered. Uh, well, remember when AJ was having his rant at his property management? Mm -hmm. That he was saying, like, there was a line of dialogue where they said, nobody's been here for two weeks. The property manager says that. Right. So it's mm -hmm. about two weeks that um, that Tess and Keith were supposed to leave. Okay, good catch. And, uh, until this, until AJ arrives. This is about two weeks. So Tess has been in that pit for two weeks. Looking pretty good for being in that pit for two weeks. And one of the reasons why she's looking okay is she has discovered ways to stay alive in her interactions with this creature. Yeah, Bella, Bella what do you think about this? <laughs> 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 ways she stays alive. That's, that's a good way to put it, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was disgusting <laughs> the way- Would you do that? If you were- Yeah, to stay alive I would, but I would hate it. But to stay alive, yes. I think, yeah, to stay alive, you would do a little, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so you've, you've you. got this hulking creature that is uh, descending her arm, clawed arm, kind of, into the pit there with a baby bottle and wants Justin Long to suckle at that baby bottle. Right. And he doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to do that. <laughs> no, he doesn't. And Tess is going, you, you need one, you need to be calm. Right, you need and two, you need to you need to drink it. And he doesn't, and Tess does, he doesn't, and that makes this creature very upset and she drags him out of that pit and takes right. him back to this little room which has a apparently on loop VHS the old ratty VHS tape of the benefits of breastfeeding your baby. Right. right. And we there's all it. kinds of tips on breastfeeding, mm -hmm. right? And we right. get this nice sequence of him being breastfed by this gnarly, nasty creature. <laughs> Bella, so where were you at when that was happening? So I <laughs> thought it was a little funny just to see that and the way he was squirming. He was like, Ugh, which I don't blame him. It was disgusting, They're but terrible. Ugh, I, yeah, it was really gross. And did you see this in the theater? I did. How, what was your memory of the audience reaction when that scene was happening? I, there was like two people in the theater with me oh. and they were quiet <laughs> okay great and see and i think this again was how cool would it have been to where we just eliminate the justin long character entirely and we are just learning we are following tessa's story now about how she is trying to live because how much more repugnant 
and horrific would it have been if Tess had to go through, hey, I'm not going to drink out of that bottle. What's wrong with you? And then she had to go through that because she probably did have to go through that. Right. She drug her to learn there, right? Because you don't care about the Justin Long character. You even said, oh, I thought it was kind of funny mm-hmm. because, yeah, you hate this guy. You want Yeah, by this time, to you despise this yeah, guy, AJ. You know? And so I think they missed an opportunity there to just stay with the Tess character and her ordeal here of trying to stay alive. Um, but anyway, this does give then Tess an opportunity to get out of that pit because in the flurry of activity, that creature just left that gate open. Right, um, right. The super creature is mm-hmm. preoccupied with AJ. And, and so, so then... So there's an opportunity for Tess to escape. Yep, and Tess does that. She gets out of that house. And then, Jean, what did you think um, about her getting out of the house and then what she decided to do after that? Well, she gets into the basement. I'm going to sigh again. (laughs) (laughs) She gets me back to the door. She's in the basement, runs up the stairs. The door's locked. And then she has every motivation in the world to escape. She's two weeks locked in this dungeon having to drink milk from a baby bottle from this creature and she, now she's back into the, the regular world and all is, all is separating you from freedom is a flimsy door and she can't break it I'm just yeah I'm not buying it but then she goes to the window right and she breaks the window mm-hmm. and then she crawls out of the window but of course I was expecting that she would get pulled back right, you know, right. as she's crawling out <laughs> you know, the creature would pull her back but no she makes it out and actually she starts the car but then the creature comes out of the window and towards her, and then she drives her car at the creature and crashes her car into the house, you know, kind of impaling the creature between, you know, the house and the car. And so the creature seems to, to, to pass out then, mm-hmm. you know, because they're, they're looking eye to eye at each other through the windshield, and the creature seems to pass out. So, okay, maybe the creature's dead now, you know, and then she um tests then walks away well and that the scene gene is explaining is a little bit later what i was getting at is this leads us to the sequence where she walks down to the gas station she says hey you got a phone she calls the cops yeah and the police show up she's saying hey i've been kidnapped i've been held in this basement of this place there's another person down there and this is the other preachy thing that I didn't like about this film. One, this sequence with the police did not need to happen at all. But the police are complete, complete jerks. They completely discount anything that she says. Anything she says. Um, They do go back to the house, but they just basically say, you know, the only thing we're going to do here is maybe charge you with a crime for breaking this window here and that kind of stuff. And I just... You know, I I just did not think it was, to me it was more preaching, right? The police, these people in authority, they're not going to believe the, the, girl, the girl, you know, and, and I just didn't, I didn't need to see that. There's, and right. there was no reason to have that scene. I always talk about runtime. This movie right. is, you know, beyond my nice little 83 minutes sweet spot. Well, here's a scene. The whole thing with the cops could have been. You could just cut it out. What did you think about that, Bella? I do think it could have been cut out, but I think it just encouraged Tess more. She's like, "Well, I got to do it myself if nobody else is going to help me." Um, I did think it was incredibly frustrating. You're right. <laughs> well, and and that it's always the catalyst. I mean, that was the catalyst, but there's other ways you could have done that, which is just she's. You know, you maybe had a different character other than Justin Long down there who wasn't such a jerk that you wanted to go back and save or something like that. You didn't need that police sequence. Of course, that is a standard trope in a lot of horror movies where the cops never believe the the wacky teens or whatever. Right, or the Um, cops are completely incompetent. Yeah, but uh, just didn't like that sequence at all. But then that's what, like Tess, or uh, what Tess said, what Bella said is leads Tess to break the window to go back into the house because she's got to do it herself now. Yeah, yeah. And so this leads us to the earlier thing we talked about where Justin Long had also kind of gotten free, and then he was in the room with that father. But we get a nice backstory on the father. What did you think about that sequence when we have another tonal shift? Yeah, the whole back the father 
Yeah, it, I like that part of the movie because we go back in time. Mm-hmm. The cars are all different. But we, it turns out this father's some kind of serial killer. And so he's been tracking and capturing people. It looks like mostly women, and that's, you know, the, the torture room. And so he's created all these um, videotapes of using that camera as he's, you know, tortured his victims. And so, yeah, AJ, as he's exploring down there, he finds this room, has seemingly a conversation with this person. (laughs) And, like, AJ seems to be, like, really polite and nice to this guy who was really old Mm -hmm. in his bed. Yeah, which is kind of out of character because he's really mean otherwise, but now he's kind of nice. Well, and Bella had kind of pointed out that he maybe thought that guy was also a captive down there. Um, Mm -hmm. But I do, going back to the flashback sequence to this character, this father character, um, you see the neighborhood in its glory days. All the houses are beautiful. The lawns are perfectly manicured, all of this stuff. But people are starting to leave. There's this good interplay between that father character and his next door neighbor. Next door neighbor, the neighborhood's, the neighbor's like, I'm leaving. It's going to die, right? He's like, see the writing on the wall. mm -hmm, But then the neighbor is like yeah we've maybe we've maybe got a few months to get out of here before the market's going to collapse and nobody's going to be able to leave when are you know and he's basically saying hey when it, what are you going to do and that guy is like i'm never leaving which i thought was a great line of dialogue because yep he never did leave he's down he's, in that basement boy he never left yeah <laughs> and so then you have the full understanding of who this character is um and then for reasons I'm not entirely clear why, um, that father character retrieves a gun from his cabinet, little dresser sitting there, and sh- kills himself. What were your thoughts there, Bella? Why did that character do that at that moment in time? Mm, I thought it was because Justin Long watched the video in the TV, and he was like, you're a monster, I'm going to have cops swarming this place, like, mm-hmm. you're going down, and... I don't know, maybe he thought that he actually was, even though he's too old to even move, so. Right. Old and sickly, too, Mm -hmm. yeah. Gene, what were your thoughts there? Yeah, maybe he thought he would be captured, you know, he'd be exposed to, you know, public humiliation, but I would think he'd be way beyond that Mm -hmm. at this time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, him killing himself, um, because he pulled out the gun, I just thought he was going to shoot AJ. Yeah. Yeah, you know, because AJ was... Yeah, so, but then he, he kills himself. But maybe, uh, who, who's to, to say maybe he was, again, now we kind of enter the point where we're, we're kind of speculating. There's no real textual or thematic or film evidence to, to back this up. But maybe he was, the father figure was maybe sickly or he was in pain, you know, and so maybe, but he couldn't get out of bed because he had AJ moved the nightstand over mm-hmm. you know and then the, he reached over the father figure reached over opened the drawer pulled the gun out so maybe he couldn't physically get out of his bed so when he the the nightstand was brought over to him it allowed him to make you know use the gun to kill himself maybe it's been thinking about it for a long time i was thinking maybe he's in chronic pain and you know he just wants it to be over well and my thought and it kind of plays off of what bella just said too everyone can be the tough strong guy when nobody knows what it is you're really doing. And because Justin Long's character, AJ, looked at that video and kind of then exposed this person, I now know what you really are, that led him to maybe, I'm just going to end it now then because I've been found out. There's no more mystery. Um, Now I would have to face the thing kind of like AJ where I'm this bad guy and now that's starting to come out, kind of your Harvey Weinstein kind of thing, right? Right, you have Where, to face justice. Mm-hmm. And you've got to face it now, what you've done. You thought nobody knew what you were doing. Now somebody does know. They've got the proof that you they know this, and that's why he did that. But again, Yeah, um, so you're saying there's parallels, parallels yeah. between the AJ character and the father. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, I can buy that. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, but then this leads us to another scene that I kind of hate, Um AJ is now trying to, well, that's, that leads to the car thing that yeah. Gene was talking about, where the, the mother creature appears to be killed or incapacitated by the car. And so Tess then heads back down into that basement area, the caverns and all that, 
and you see this. She sees this light, and oh. yeah, she's looking for AJ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course she sees this light. It's a flashlight or something. And then but doesn't she have a flashlight too? And then she gets shot by AJ. Yeah, but doesn't she have a light? I don't recall if she. I doesn't. think she does. No, she does because mm-hmm. she's shaking it because right, it's, yeah, it's, it's, not it's not operating. You know, all flashlights, right? Batteries. Yeah, and so she has a light. But then AJ shoots her. Yeah. Like, again, another one. Why would AJ shoot her? Clearly, it's somebody with a flashlight. It's not the creature. Because mm-hmm. the creature lives there and doesn't use a flashlight. You know? So why, why would yeah. he shoot her? And so, well, and I think it's just talking. And then she's talking, right? Isn't she calling out <clears throat> No, that was the problem with that is she wasn't saying anything. She just gets popped. And, and... Okay. To me, they had set up the AJ character as kind of, as long as I'm in control and powerful and all this, I'm good. But the second I'm under any stress at all, because remember, he fumbled that knife the first time the mother creature kind of maybe showed up. He fumbles the gun later on, all this stuff. So he's not as rough and tough and powerful oh, no, as not he at all. think he is. And so all. he's really just this scared guy. And so he shoots her. But my problem with him shooting her is, my God, couldn't you have just done, like, a grazing wound? He, he shoots her right through the abdomen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you assume, ought I assume, she was dead. And maybe that's the end of our film, you know. Um, but, no, it's not the end of the film. She's, she's somehow not completely bleeding out, um, even though. Yeah, you're going to be bleeding out on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you get a stomach wounds like that, I mean, your liver's there. You know, it's very vascular. Yeah, you're not going to last too long. Right, but they get out of the house, realize then that the creature that Tess had smashed into the house with the car is no longer on the car anymore. No, yeah, that's a, yeah, creature's gone. Right, standard horror movie trope there. But then that's where Gene's favorite character makes an appearance again. Yeah, yeah, the the, the neighbor. <laughs> yeah, he comes in, and he, we're we're reunited with him, and mm-hmm. then but he's coherent and talking, and we realize, oh, yeah, he's actually a source of safety. Right, he gets them into their his little hideaway, or he believes it's a hideaway anyway, um, and then this is where you get a lot of the backstory on right. what this creature is, where it's this multi generational inbred thing that comes out at night to hunt and has been down there for a long time and all this other stuff yeah yeah bell i don't know do you have any maybe you caught something that we didn't uh, that would lead to believe that this creature why it's so strong or you know or it's (laughs) she is shaking her head no (laughs) i had no idea i just thought it was because of the traits that all the other women had you know a copy of a copy makes a superhuman. I didn't really think too much about it. Okay. okay. Uh, that's actually, I maybe I, I'll accept that. Yeah, it's just, yeah. yeah. But we get, uh, you know, a lot of backstory on the creature. But then we also get a whole Justin Long confessional where he's like, well, maybe I'm a bad guy. Am I a bad guy or am I a good guy that just did a bad thing and blah, blah, blah. And, of course, Tess and the other guy have no idea what he's rambling on. Yeah, and by this time... I don't really care. Right. I don't really care, AJ, what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I don't like you. Yeah. Why are you even in this movie still? Well, and we know why he's in the movie, because he's got to do one more bad, terrible thing, yeah. or at yeah. least, you know. we got to learn more about AJ, mm-hmm. which I don't really care, because I, we don't like him. Right. And so, uh, the well, the hilarious part in this sequence, though, is the homeless guy is talking about how he's been staying here for 15 this is, years. This is funny. And uh, what did you think? Well, you know what part we're getting to, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, you know, this place is perfectly safe, blah, blah, blah. And basically, the second he says, I think it was safe. I've been here 20 years. I'm right. perfectly safe. She never comes in here. <laughs> she comes busting Boom. through the She breaks through cinder block concrete <laughs> wall, like <laughs> explodes through it. Like, nothing's ever happened. Mm-hmm. You know, she's Cape Crusader. Blows through there. <laughs> poor, poor, you know, homeless, you know, African-American guy. She kills him, right? right? Well, she yeah. rips his arm off and oh, starts right. beating she him r- with it. <laughs> she rips his arm off. That's right. Oh, my Lord. Which well, My favorite right. part, though, was you rip the arm off and then you're beating the guy. With it. I just <laughs> I loved arm. that part. 
<laughs> like why? Yeah, this is like um, okay. Yeah. And so it's anyway, not that, anymore. yeah. And so then Tess and were, and uh, AJ run out of there and they start running up the stairs of this. Is it a water tower? Water tower, yeah, right. You know, it's circ- you know it's got circular stale- stairwell going up there. You learn more, of course. You see Justin Long's uh, abhorrent behavior because, of course, Tess can hardly move, and he is—he ran out of there as fast as he could go. He's all about him, right? And he runs all the way up to yep. the top. Um, of course, hey, you've got the gun. He goes to pull it out, fumbles it, falls drops off, it. drops all the way down to the ground. Creatures behind Tess. She finally makes it up to the top. And then Justin Long, AJ, decides, well, you know, maybe I can just grab you, Tess, and just throw you off this water tower, and that'll save me because this creature will just try to go save you. Gene, what were your thoughts there? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Well, again, I was thinking, you know, like um, kind of like that bad joke. It's like, how do you protect yourself from a bear while you just have to be run faster than the person behind you, Mm -hmm. you know, and stuff like that. So he's going to throw Tess into harm's way. So to save himself. So he throws her off the water tower. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to get Bella. I'm going to throw, throw this to you. What, do you. what did you think about all that? Mm-hmm. Like, I thought it was very typical of his character, but I was not expecting it and how he threw her off. And then the mother goes after her, and I didn't even see Justin Long move or anything. So I don't know. Maybe he did he get away? No, so he didn't. My biggest problem with this. Oh, no, he did it. My biggest problem with this scene, though, is he throws her off this water tower she is clearly falling clearly and then you get another scene of the mother jumping off the water tower and then when justin long looks over the water tower the mother has somehow caught up to tess and made sure tess landed on her right so tess lands on mother and so tess is actually now saved because clearly mother has cushion the the impact mm-hmm. but the, here i'm gonna go on another no rant i gotta go on a rant because <laughs> this is like like in earlier we're talking about the suspension of disbelief and that's the beauty of the movies we can go to another universe and live there it produces our careful you know it's like we're, we're in another world it's a school but so what's the constant the constant is humanity humans have to always be humans but also another rule that has to apply in all movies is that the laws of physics you know (laughs) it's like i studied physics in college look if you the acceleration due to gravity is extremely fast you know there is no way in the world impossible that this creature i don't care how strong she is she tessa's already falling she jumps catches up to her maneuvers herself and then somehow the fall cushions them both so that tess lives no, I mean, the acceleration of gravity is such that falling from, like, a three-story building, you're hitting the ground as if, you know, your your car's going 40 miles an hour and hits an oak tree. You know, it's like that. The, the, the energy is just astronomical. Mm-hmm. There's no way you're surviving, right. even if you fall on a, a body of somebody, yeah. you know. So it's just like this. We, we've, we've totally lost it as a horror movie by this point. Right, and I think a much better way to do that scene, you wouldn't have anybody falling off the water tower. You would have had the Justin Long character not losing the gun, but then holding the Tessa character like around the, the neck like it's, it's his hostage, right? Because, right. oh, I've, I know that this, she sees you as her baby. So, hey, you got to get away. You gotta, I'm going to kill her right now if you don't bail. Yeah, and, I, and I do like that we, right now we learn that why did the the creature jump after Tess? It's because there's a connection between mm-hmm. Tess and the creature. Like the creature views Tess as like her baby. Right. You know, in that two weeks period, there's been a serious bonding. I mean, not it's not reciprocal. Tess is right. not <laughs> right about but the creature definitely feels, oh, this is my baby. I mm-hmm. gotta take care of my baby. Yeah. Know? 
And yeah. so then Justin Long walks down the stairwell. Um, Tess somehow is not dead. Um, Justin Long's character starts um, justifying the fact that he threw her off the uh, the water tower, which of course, you know, every Me Too case, there's always the scummy guy trying to justify all their actions. Um, and amazingly enough, the creature is not dead either from this fall that should have killed both of them. Right. Um, and then this is another scene of intense gore. Um, the creature grabs AJ, rams her fingers into his eyes, and right. splits right. his head open. Yeah, pulls his skull apart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Tessa Howard, or Tessa, God, I keep, Bella, I keep calling you Tessa. <laughs> See how crazy that is? Um, well, Tess is actually a cool, cool, cool person. So well, maybe yeah. you know Bella and Tess. Well, know. and that's yeah. the thing with with the Tess character is you like her. Yeah, you, you like know? you like and, Tess, and all really of do. the acting in this film is good. Um, Skarsgård right. is good. Justin Long is good. Uh, Georgina Campbell is good. Acting is good. It's just how the director yeah, paced, they put paced it them, put right. it together. It's not that good. But that extensive or explicit gore sequence at the end, what were your thoughts on that, Bella? He got what he deserved, <laughs> justice right, right there. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, that's yeah. administration of justice. Definitely. Right. She's right. like, how could you hurt my baby? Yeah. Right. Now I'm going <laughs> right. to kill you. Yeah, and I'm going to kill you horribly. <laughs> right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. I'm so mad at you, I'm going to split your skull in half. And so then which you reminded me of the movie. Sorry, but reminded me of the movie The Thing, right? Which there are plenty of scenes where skulls are torn <laughs> in half yes. by your bare hands. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and then we have basically what's the ending sequence there, where uh, the mother character is trying to. Uh, I don't know what the right word is, but is taking care of Tess now, is is like wanting Tess to come back to the house and all of this. And I think a really great way to end this movie would have been for Tess to agree to go back to the house because she's got to protect her now, but that's not what happens. That's not going to happen. Tess puts her hand on the gun and shoots the mother in the head, and that's the end of the film. Yeah, they, they, they draw that out a little bit because mm-hmm. I think um, – the the creature is trying to assuage Tess because mm-hmm. the creature knows exactly. Tess is in pain. Yeah, that's you the know, word like, I was I mean, trying. That, yeah. that's, that's what you do. You're a parent. Your your kids are in pain. You know, you want them to be better. Mm-hmm. You know, and so she doesn't have any verbal abilities. So I think she's she her her motions with her arms or and hands are, are gentle, kind. Mm-hmm. Yep. As opposed to what just happened with AJ. Right. So yeah, she's gentle and kind, but then. You know, Tess reaches up slowly with the gun and puts the gun to the creature's, you know, skull. And I think the creature kind of knows what's happening, you know, and then the creature kind of accepts it, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Like maybe this has been going on too long for me, too. <laughs> right. You know, in the same way that the, that the father, right? Mm-hmm. The father mm-hmm. character. Yeah. And so, and that's, that's the end of the film. Um, Gene, any final thoughts on Barbarian? I'm going to let uh, Bella have her ultimate Oh, yeah, yeah, Bella's got to have the last But, um, yeah, I I just walked into the movie, you know, like with super high expectations, especially last week, you know, watching the the audition. It's a great movie. Again, I've said it already. (laughs) But then, so I'm expecting Barbarian to be great, too. And then it's just like, uh, but again, I'm going to go back to, like, movies. You construct this universe, but you've got to be consistent within the universe that you build. And when you start to not be consistent within the universe you've constructed as a producer, director, writer, then I think you start to lose audience members. You know, you just, yeah, and they start doing it with this. You know, maybe from my perspective, I see things, you know, I think, Bella, you already indicated that, like, the big tonal shift, where for me, it was like, wow, what's going on? It's Mm -hmm. like, I didn't like it, but you like that part. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so... You know, so different perspectives play into that. But I really think that when you're not consistent in your in the world you've built is you start losing people. Yeah. So Gene definitely not recommending it. Bella, where are you at with this one? I definitely recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> I first saw it. I didn't see any of the previews. I didn't see any trailers, so I didn't know what I was gonna get into. Um, I watched in theaters. I was in shock the whole time. <laughs> um, it was suspenseful, but as I 
watched it again and again, I started to think more logically, like, mm -hmm. how is the old man staying alive? Where are all the bodies, you know? So I see where you're coming from with that, definitely. Okay. Yeah, and I, I definitely am on uh, Bella's side on this one. I, I would certainly recommend it. Is it anywhere in the league of a movie like Audition? Of course not. And, um, you know, don't watch Audition and then have this as a double feature, with this being the second one. But as far as a movie that's gonna, that does what it says it, it's going to do, it's going to be creepy and scary and, and stuff, you can do it. it. It'll be fine. I just have problems with some of those tonal shifts and kind of the social justice preachiness that can sometimes come in but other than that it's worth it worth a shot and you know regardless of what we say it's okay if you hate it it's okay if you like it so gene next week um we're doing something different i understand yeah we're doing something different we're going we're um watching um netflix has a a, a limited series called wednesday based on the adams family character you know the the girl that's Teen Girl Wednesday. Mm -hmm. So um, they started a series, and so we're going to review the, the first two episodes of that, and we're also going to have an an another guest. Right. We're going to have our friend um, Ivana on. She uh, is not a horror film fan at all, and so we were asking her um, what, what we could do, and she said, well, I watched Wednesday. That scared the hell out of me. <laughs> so, so we'll have her on. Um, she's one of our friends, but she's going to be uh, leaving state. So we wanted to get her on the podcast before she goes. Yeah, yeah. But then Wednesday, um, the, the the Netflix show, I do have to say, is like uh, I think there's certain elements that have to be present for horror to exist. And yeah, the show Wednesday and Netflix, those elements are present. Great. You know, that de deformation, gross deformation of the, the human form. You know, definitely happens in that show. Mm -hmm. You know, there, there are, there's things that make you kind of, you know, talk, think about your choices and, you know, things that maybe leave well, you a little creepy. Let's not spoil next week's episode. Well, I'm, not, I'm just <laughs> saying that. I think it has well. horror elements. Okay, good. Yeah. Well, and it's yeah. directed by Tim Burton, I think, it's that Tim first Burton. episode or whatever, at least. So, um, yeah. Bella, thanks so much for yeah. joining us again. Mm -hmm. um, we definitely are happy that Bella was here because we kind of we kind of let her know that Jean didn't like this, and so she was like, well, dang it, I'm going to come there then and defend my little definitely, film Definitely, yeah. <laughs> so so uh, anytime this happens again, we'll have Bella back and... Uh, Gene, that's it. That's all we got. So we'll catch you the next time. All right. Later. Bye-bye.